Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. I'm John Fugelsang. This is SiriusXM Progress. Tonight, we got a great show for you. I'm so glad you're with us. We are live from the tall, dark, empty Howard Stern Tower, looming high in the cloudy skies above Gotham, the haunted tower. There, There's no one here. This is what hybrid work is. Hybrid work is Thea Harper and me uh, coming into a tall, dark, empty tower on Monday nights, again, traveling through the wilds of the city at our at great personal risk after midnight, I might add, and climbing to the top of the dark tower where no one lurks except a gatekeeper. I think, I mean, he's a security guy, but there's one guy, right? Yeah, that was a lot, John. That's it. I know. Yeah. And every night, every Monday, <laughs> Thea Harper and I journey here. here. And and if we weren't here, no one would know. But it's hybrid work. So this is what it is, right? Yeah. It's good to see you, Thea. Great to see you. Great to see you through glass. Yes. Welcome back. <laughs> Thank Feels you. Feels good to be back. Feels good to actually see you in person. It's yeah. really nice because you were away. We're making so progress. I haven't here. seen you. This is the first time in two weeks I've seen you. Yeah, I know. We're making progress. We haven't seen Chris since what? The Trump administration. I don't even know. Chris, I don't, I don't even, even remember what he looks like. I don't I barely he, he's a very good looking guy. He he, <laughs> he he knows he's got a good tan now because he lives in South Carolina. <laughs> it's good to see you. We got a really good show tonight. Rhonda Handsome will be joining us. Also, comedians Matt Ritter and Aaron Caro are here. They are close friends. They grew up together. They're part of a group of nine guys that have been friends since grade school. And they were taking a look around the world at how adult friendships are on the decline, how how 15% of American men have no close friends. There's a there's a friendship recession, and it's much worse for men than for women. And they decided to try to address this problem with a podcast devoted to the issue of friendship. And why is it so hard for people when they reach grown-up years? Is it that you're so busy between work and family? There's no time for, well, work, family, and sleep. There's no time for a fourth thing. Maybe you're, you've been in touch with that at some point. Really glad to have Aaron and Matt Ritter here. Matt's been on the show before. Um, Matt wrote a book about Blanche Knott, who wrote <laughs> Truly Tasteless Jokes back in the 80s. So I'm happy to have him back. And Chris Hauselt is joining us from South Carolina, where he is. And we can't hear him tonight, but Thea, it's just you and me. He's actually on hold. Does he want to join the conversation, or is he just sitting no, I don't there want to, him to lurk? All no, right, it's just us. Well, he's just lurking. That's <laughs> yeah. that. That's fine. Listen, and it's good. There's so much to get through. It was a bit of a crazy Monday in the news, and so we have a lot of stuff we have to catch up on. Uh, I don't know if you've heard. I'm sure you're excited. Mike Pence has filed paperwork to officially 
have his ass kicked by margin of error. It's very exciting for all of us here. Also in the news today, where where to begin? Uh, Chris Sununu ruled out running for president in 2024. He said, I will have more credibility speaking out against Trump as a non-candidate to help move the conversation toward the future. Blah, blah, blah. He's pro-choice. He was never going to get it anyway. Planes carrying dozens of migrants have landed in Sacramento, California. Another publicity scheme hatched by Ron DeSantis. And it's pissing off Gavin Newsom. And Ron DeSantis will pay a price for pissing off Newsom. Officials in Ukraine announced they've begun a large counteroffensive in the eastern part of the nation, occupied by Russia. Today would have been the 30th birthday of both Breonna Taylor and Tyree Nichols. We're so glad you're with us. It is time now once again to play... (laughs) Misinformation Mondays. Yes, let's talk all about it. Now, uh, on this date, 25 years ago, you know what happened 25 years ago? On the 5th of June, 1998, 25 years ago-ish this week, C-SPAN reported Bob Hope had died. Now, that wasn't true. That was false. It had begun with inaccurate obituary on the AP website. But C-SPAN read it. They didn't know. They reported it live on the air. They found out Bob Hope was still mostly alive. So that's misinformation. Misinformation is false or inaccurate information. You get the facts wrong. You just got the facts wrong. You know, disinformation is deliberately false information, which is deliberately intended to mislead, intentionally making the misstating facts. Where do they come together? In a beautiful place called social media, where people can spread disinformation deliberately and innocent folks who don't know better will spread misinformation because they don't know they're actually lying. Bullshitting is when you say stuff and you don't know or care if it's true or not. We'll talk about Donald Trump as time goes by. Here's an example. YouTube. YouTube has just announced they're reversing. And it's great they're doing this on the anniversary of C-SPAN killing Bob Hope early. YouTube has reversed their election misinformation policy. They say they're no longer going to remove content that advances false claims that widespread fraud, errors, or glitches occurred in the 2020 and other past U.S. presidential elections. Other past U.S. presidential elections? We're finally going to talk about 76 when Ford got robbed? So, in other words, YouTube is not saying, hey, we're going to lie to you. They're saying we're not going to stop other users from lying to you. Maybe it's safe, right? It's not like it's still early 2021 where somehow the White House could conceivably be snatched away from rightful President Joe Biden. But YouTube has just come out and said, no, we're we're, we're just not going to do anything to stop those liars anymore. That's allowing disinformation to pass as misinformation. Meanwhile, over at Twitter, you know, it used to be verification meant we could reliably know who you were. Now, as you guys well know, the blue check mark can't serve as any tool to help you understand the identity or the credibility of any given individual. In fact, it's already been weaponized to do the opposite because the new verification systems, the new blue check marks at Twitter, they're not about verifying your identity. They're about Elon Musk trying to cash in on the perception that there's a social status if you have a blue check mark. Elon recently said Twitter's advertising business was on the upswing. Almost all advertisers have come back, he said. That's an example of disinformation. He knows that's not true. Twitter's U.S. advertising for the five weeks from April 1st to the first week of May was $88 million. That's down 59% from a year earlier. 
This is according to an internal presentation the New York Times got. The company has regularly fallen short of their U.S. weekly sales projections, sometimes by as much as 30 percent. And some of Twitter's biggest advertisers, including Apple, Disney, Amazon, are spending less on the platform. And the reasons? Musk's changes to the service, the inconsistent support from Twitter, and concerns about the persistent presence of misleading and toxic disinformation on the platform. Last month, there was a picture on Twitter that looked like it was showing an explosion near the Pentagon. Remember this? And artificial intelligence experts immediately said, nope, that's a fake, synthetically generated. But it was shared all over Twitter. And briefly, it caused the stock market to tumble. This was a fake Bloomberg Media account with a verified blue check on Twitter. They posted a fake AI-generated photo of an explosion at the Pentagon. There was no explosion. It still affected the stock market. This is what we're dealing with. And today, Elon had a Spaces event for our Robert Kennedy Jr. You know what a Spaces event is? Of course not. You've already forgotten. It was that debacle he tried last week with Ron DeSantis. He did one with uh, RFK today. Uh, He said half of our advertising disappeared overnight because we're insisting on free speech. They're literally trying to drive Twitter bankrupt. Now, you guys know, you know that the problem with Twitter is not free speech. You know that no one has abandoned Twitter because of free speech. That's not an issue. You, you right? You, you're, you're hip to that. Okay, good. Uh, here, here's the reality. For more than two hours today, Robert Kennedy Jr., who has done this show, I, I've done TV with him. I like Robert Kennedy Jr. very much. Uh, don't agree with everything. We'll get to that. He did this online audio chat on Twitter with Elon Musk, and they had a friendly back and forth with special guest Tulsi Gabbard, who used to be a Democrat and then turned right-wing commentator and then stayed a Democrat for another year. He was on with a top donor to Ron DeSantis. Now, 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 here's the deal. Kennedy is still on the record as saying he believes that the election in 2004 was stolen in Ohio from John Kerry. A lot of people I respect will advance that argument, and I hope someone makes a good documentary about it someday. I'm still mad about it. But Robert Kennedy Jr. has always made a lot of assertions that can't be actually proven. I have always said, if you you told me that somehow Ken Blackwell helped rig it, I wouldn't be surprised. But I don't come out there and say, I know for a fact John Kerry had the presidency robbed from him, because I don't know it for a fact. Robert Kennedy Jr. was stripped of his Instagram and his Facebook for his debunked claims about the coronavirus or vaccines. He's still banned from those sites. So today, um, Robert Kennedy spread a lot of false statements. I don't know if they're disinformation or misinformation. I just know they're wrong. He said that after the Affordable Care Act was passed in 2010, Democrats were getting more money from pharma than Republicans. That's not true. Uh, Stat News did an analysis. They found that political action committees with ties to big pharma gave more money to Republicans than Democrats in 14 out of 16 election years since 1990. He claimed that COVID was clearly a bioweapons problem. You know what? I'm willing to believe it came from a Chinese lab. Sure. I don't see the evidence that it was actually a weapon. I don't really know how China decided to become one of the world's great economic powers and then unleash a killer virus on itself. And American intel agencies don't believe there's any evidence indicating this is the case. And today, Robert Kennedy blames psychiatric drug use for all the mass shootings in the U.S. He said the gun ownership rate in America was just like Switzerland. It's not. We actually have the highest civilian gun ownership rate in the world. 
There's about 120.5 guns per 100 people, according to the latest International Small Arms Survey. That's more than double the rate of the second highest country, uh, Yemen, at 52.8 guns for people. Switzerland, only 27 guns per 100 people. And also, he said he was going to the Mexican border to try to formulate policies to seal the border permanently. Uh, He said the federal government should consider the war in Ukraine from the perspective of Russians. He said pharmaceutical drugs were responsible for all the mass shootings in America. He said today, prior to the introduction of Prozac, we had almost none of these events in our country. and We've never seen them in human history where people walk into a schoolroom of children or strangers and start shooting people. This is a man whose father was killed by a guy with a gun. This is a man whose uncle was killed by a guy with a gun. And he's acting surprised that they're going around with guns, shooting people. Here's the deal. Mr. Kennedy, other countries have Prozac. Other countries have violent video games. Other countries have all these antidepressants. They have all these violent movies. Other countries have the same culture we have. They don't have the access to guns. And again, guys... The mRNA vaccines were found to be more than 95% protective against symptomatic illness in early stages of COVID during the clinical trials. Follow-up studies have found (laughs) the vaccines are highly effective against severe illness and death. We don't need to discuss this. We know this, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Tara Reid. She's back in the news. The woman who accused Joe Biden of something. She says he did this. She said, well, first she said that he was inappropriate and hugged her too much. And then she said he forcibly put his fingers inside of her in a semi-public place in the Capitol building. Tara Reid, all three women who ran Biden's office said she never complained, never filed a complaint. She said she did. She said she filed a Senate complaint. There is no record of any Senate complaint against Joe Biden. She doesn't have a record of it. In the 1990s, Joe Biden worked to pass the Violence Against Women Act. In 2017, on multiple occasions, Ms. Tara Reid retweeted or liked praise for Joe Biden. She said, uh, she tweeted, uh, my old boss speaks the truth. Listen, hearing Biden talk about the Violence Against Women Act. So it's, you know, it's weird she could publicly praise him for fighting the very thing she'd later accuse him of doing. And but then the stories kept changing. Again, we have to believe women. We have to. Everyone deserves to have their story heard. And everyone who's accused deserves a fair investigation. And Tara Reid first said that Joe Biden wanted her to serve drinks at an event. And after she refused to serve drinks at an event, she felt pushed out and left. But then a couple months later, she said, no, she filed a sexual harassment complaint and uh, she was fired by Biden's chief of staff. Biden's chief of staff was a woman, said it never happened. You you know, in 2017, when Tara Reid was praising Joe Biden, she was condemning Vladimir Putin for hacking our 2016 election. But in 2018, Tara Reid began trashing America as a country of hypocrisy and imperialism. Not a democracy, but a corporate autocracy. And she began tweeting lots of positive things about Vladimir Putin. She called him a genius. She said his athletic prowess was intoxicating to American women. She wrote, President Putin has an alluring combination of strength with gentleness. His sensuous image projects his love for life, the embodiment of grace while facing adversity. I, I, a lot of people said back at the time, Tara Reid is a Russian disinformation tool. And I thought that you're crazy. How can you say that? There's no proof of any of that. So maybe maybe she just worked for Biden and lied about why she left and lied about why lied that she was fired when she wasn't really fired. Maybe, maybe she just remembered this stuff. And that's always possible. And I have nothing against women who wait years or decades to come forward with it. I'm still waiting for the thorough investigation on this. But Tara Reid changed her story. And I kept thinking, hearing people say she's a Russian interference tool. I'm like, no, what? what? But today she announced she's defected to Russia. I, I, 
Let's talk about lies a bit more. Really quick. Donald Trump is in trouble. You know this by now. Turns out a server room that had security information at Mar-a-Lago got flooded last year by an employee draining a nearby pool. Somehow an employee was draining a pool and it flooded a security room that had secret shit in it Donald Trump wasn't supposed to have. This is one of the dog ate my homework stories that special prosecutor Jack Smith is in the process of investigating right now as he researches Donald Trump's alleged mishandling of classified documents. The employee apparently flooded the room in October while draining a swimming pool. Uh, That happens all the time, I guess. The architecture is such that they drain a pool and underground offices and storage spaces flood. The IT equipment housed in the server room was not damaged, but the circumstances around the ordeal have raised the possibility of a new obstruction case against Donald Trump and his associates. And the maintenance worker has had his phone seized by the feds. Donald Trump's lawyers met with the DOJ about the classified documents in Mar-a-Lago this weekend. And it's going to be very interesting. You know, Trump did sign a law a few years ago as president, changing the penalty for mishandling classified docs to five years in prison. He made it a felony. He did that law to try to harass Hillary Clinton. And now, well, I think you know, that same law may be used against him. There's one more disinformation or misinformation story I want to get to for Misinformation Monday. Cornell West has announced he's running for president. We love Cornell West. Great philosophy professor, great author, great progressive activist. He's written so many great books. I read Race Matters years ago. He said today he's going to run for president as candidate of the People's Party, calling himself a populist alternative to the two-party system. So, you know, that's okay. was founded by this guy who was a Bernie Sanders campaign staffer. I've always loved Cornell West. He calls out both parties. He said neither political party wants to tell the truth about Wall Street, about Ukraine, about the Pentagon, about big tech. It's a pretty good speech. I, I enjoy. I don't know who's he's trying to get to vote for him, but he's brilliant. He's been a hero for a long time. But who's behind this? Who's behind Cornell West suddenly running for president? See, it, it turns out the People's Party. Well, they're not exactly the Greens, and Nick Brana is the guy who runs it. He has been accused of sexual misconduct and other things I can't comment on because they're not proven, uh, so I don't want to push any misinformation myself here. But he's had a sexual assault allegation made against him, and it seems to many that the People's Party is a way of, uh, you know, laundering money. Um, I could be wrong, but it's a one-man show. It's it's not a real credible party yet. I don't understand why Cornell West wouldn't run for the Greens. They would have given the nomination. I don't understand why he wouldn't run as a Democrat. Why is he being staked? Why is this party pushing him? And here's the thing I want to close with. Joe Biden should be happy that so many billionaires are so afraid of him. All of these lies that have been pushed are essentially trying to knock him out of the presidential race. Like time and time again, the disinformation is all designed to hurt Joe Biden. Who knows who's staking Cornell West in doing this or why he's doing it? I'll assume that he doesn't know any better, that he doesn't know about Nick Brown and the background of that party. But look at all the billionaires that are trying to knock him out. Peter Thiel staked Donald Trump the first time. Larry Ellison is funding Tim Scott. Elon Musk is staking Ron DeSantis. Jack Dorsey is really staking RFK Jr. Cornell West's biggest donors, you know who they're going to be? Republican billionaires trying to split the Democratic coalition. I'm a big believer in third parties. Our first third party president got in with only 48% of the vote and he was a Republican. It was Lincoln. 
<laughs> but like the no labels party, it's fake. It's designed to get Democrats voted out of office. It, it's just designed to drive a wedge between progressives and Democrats and split the Democratic coalition. So you should expect to hear a lot of disinformation, a lot of misinformation, a lot of lies. Some of it will come from friends. Some of it will come from people who are being exploited by others who don't want a Democrat in office anymore. But when you look at the sheer amount of billionaires who are right now supporting candidates to take down Joe Biden, it should make you feel really good about supporting Joe Biden. And a reminder, here's a lack of dis or misinformation. Joe Biden's not coming for your guns. He's not coming for your gas stoves. He's not coming for your hamburgers. No one is cutting off children's genitals. Teaching kids that gay people are a thing isn't grooming. Nobody is getting an abortion at eight months because they feel like it. There is not an invasion at the southern border. Elon Musk is not smart. And Donald Trump is not a Christian. And Donald Trump is not the president. We want to know what you guys think, though. We are at 866-997-4748. 866-997-GRIT. We have a ton of topics to get to tonight, and we want to hear from you. Let's go to the phones quick before our break. Roger in Queens. Hello and welcome. <laughs> long time, long time. How you been? Uh, but I've been good. You know, I usually listen to the first hour live, which is when you take the least amount of calls, and then I listen to, I head to bed and I listen to the rest of the show uh, the next day. So I'm always with you, my friend. Right on. I appreciate that. So you're both, you're both an evil army of the night and a day walker. You, you, you live both lifestyles. There you go. There you go. See, yeah, I give you an evil army for an hour, Um, (laughs) you know. But when everybody's calling at nine, I'm asleep before 1130. I know, I know. It's crazy that way. Anyway, a couple of things I want to talk about. First of all, um, you know, Ron DeSantis, I saw him interviewed, I don't know, two weeks ago or something. And he started the interview with welcome to the free state of Florida. Yep. Now, here's the thing. You know, do you remember what Germany was called behind the Iron Curtain? You know, they were the GDR, which stood for the German Democratic Republic. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but North Korea is known as the Democratic uh, People's Republic of North Korea. Yeah. When you well, the, no, the Nazis, the Nazis Democratic, were the Democratic Socialist Party, but they were trying to destroy, they, they, but they, they were destroying unions yeah. and taking away collective bargaining. Go ahead. Right. When you have to put a name like that in your title, it's the opposite of what you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, the free state of Florida where they're banning. When, when, when does the book burning start? Yeah. And, and everything else. So that's one thing. And the other thing I want no, but to it, you're right, though. It's, it's like it's like Donald Trump yeah. always telling you how smart he is. He always I'm so smart. Right. A guy who keeps telling you how smart he is is like a guy who keeps telling you he's he's really straight. You ever notice that? He's really straight. Yeah, right. I'm so straight. Well, you have no idea how straight Einstein I am. Said, yeah. How many times did Einstein say, I'm a genius? I'm a genius. So, exactly. Um, the other thing that bothers me is that orange piece of shit. Here's the, here's the thing. Yes. OK. His pardons, people don't realize you pardon a crime. This guy was pardoning everybody because they were criminals. People forget that. That it's like you don't give somebody a pardon because they might do something. You pardon an actual crime. So they were all criminals. And the other thing that really bothers me is that somebody's got to do something about the pardon power because, you know, have you ever heard of the term conflict of interest? How are you able to pardon somebody 
who committed a crime for you. Well, that's the real question, isn't it? Because let's be honest, every president, including the Democrats, give away pardons. And we can even say that some presidents give away pardons for favors. But we have got Rudy Giuliani on tape. Giuliani is on tape. We have already forgotten the last (laughs) smoking gun. Giuliani's uh, uh, tormented assistant slash slash sex slave he was hiring, who has on tape him saying they were selling pardons for two million a pop. One million to Trump. I think one million to Giuliani. That that part. Didn't the woman say that that part is not on tape, but that there were other people that heard it? My understanding is that there are multiple sources confirming it's on tape, but I don't know for sure. Right. What I do know is this many Republicans would not be jumping into the race if they weren't really, really sure that Donald Trump is going to be knocked out of the race. Oh, they smell blood in the water. Yeah, they do. And, and, you know, TikTok motherfucker, this guy's got to go. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I'd like to keep him around. Just lo- listen, I call me sentimental. I'm a fan of history. I want to live to see one man lose the popular vote three times. It's never happened. No, no I'm sorry. I know you keep saying that, but, you know, Biden didn't win by seven million votes. He won by forty four thousand. OK, so we don't how old we don't elect I got I got to hit a break, but really quick, really quick. Yeah. How old is Joe Biden now? I, I understand. He's that, 80. He's in, in two years, in two years, he's going to be 142. OK. Um, <laughs> and, and, and again, I'll vote for him. I would rather have a president who needs a nap than a president who needs another defense attorney. My point is, exactly. do you feel better about 82 year old Joe Biden going up against Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis? That's the but devil's like question. Says, we don't elect them democratically. That's what scares me, John. I know. Well, we do sometimes. Biden well, was elected democratically. No, he won by 44,000. He didn't win by 7 million. That's the thing. Right. It's so close. Okay, you know, a little cheating will, will, will win it for him. Yeah, but that's, he won by both. The, he won by both the popular vote and the rigged democracy of of the. Uh, but uh, listen, I'm all for abandoning the Electoral College. It's just how slave owners yeah. still push us around. I got to run, Roger. Yeah. You're a gentleman. Thank you for all listening right. both live and to the podcast. I appreciate it. I love you, John. Love, love you right you. back, sir. Thank you. And don't go away. Oh, I'm so excited to welcome our next couple of guests. And if you're still on hold, stay there. We will get to your calls. We're going to talk a bit about the friendship deficit among American adults with Aaron Caro and Matt Ritter. Matt's been on the show before. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is Sirius XM. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hey, everybody, it's Michael Steele, host of the Michael Steele podcast. Each week, I discuss key political and cultural issues joined by America's leading activists, experts, 
and academics for conversations that transcend political boundaries. And that's the point. I want you to join me as we work through real solutions, have honest conversations, just keeping it real and having a little fun on the side. So listen to the Michael Steele podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts on. Because you know I love it when you do. This is SiriusXM Progress. I'm John saying. If you've enjoyed our recent conversations with Ilhan Omar or Eugene Levy or Christoph Waltz or Smokey Robinson, don't forget you can hear all of those on demand or on the app or on uh, the John Fugelsang podcast. Right now, I'm so pleased to welcome our next two guests. I've been talking about this topic a bit lately, but adult friendships are statistically on the decline. We are experiencing what they are calling a friendship recession. 15% of American men say they have no close friends. That's that's 20 million people. 50% of adults say they have three good friends or fewer, and it's much worse in men. There was a recent Harvard study that showed it wasn't physical fitness or high income that was the biggest factor in living a long time. It was actually having healthy relationships. Loneliness can carry with it physical risks parallel to smoking. We know that friendship is good for your health. Science shows that friendships can extend your life itself. And a pair of friends are trying to address this problem with a podcast devoted to friendship. I'm so pleased to welcome two very funny guys who are doing something that is way, way too positive for me. Aaron Caro is a comedian. He's a screenwriter. He's a best-selling New York Times author. He co-hosts the hit podcast, Man of the Year, along with Matt Ritter. Matt has got a pretty great career. He founded a troupe of lawyers turned comedians called The Comedians at Law. He's a writer and TV producer on a bunch of shows ranging from Duck Dynasty to Discovery's Fat and Furious. Right now, Man of the Year, their shared podcast, is the number one friendship podcast in the country. I didn't even know that was a thing. Aaron Caro and Matt Ritter, welcome to SiriusXM. Wow, what an intro. So Thank much. you, John. Well, I'm so inspired by by what you're doing because, you know, especially for males, uh, uh, people aren't talking about this. Guys who read these articles aren't sharing them with anyone because they don't have friends. Like, it's, it's, it's a thing of stigma. I've always said that men have pals or bros or buds, that men have crews, men have posses, but actual real friends can be a really elusive thing. You guys have known each other for a very long time. What was it that made you decide to take this lasting friendship from childhood and actually go deeper for other... I mean, it's a podcast for everybody, but it really is a podcast for these freaking men. Yeah, uh, uh, thank you for that. So, yeah, Matt and I have been friends in second grade too long, as we'd say. Yes. And uh, we are also part of the world's greatest friendship tradition. That's really the kickoff for the pod. So we have the same... Is this your... you, see where, you see where I'm going. Exactly. Share, please share the story. I love that you all do this. <laughs> so Matt and I were part of actually a bigger group of nine friends. Uh, we are from Long Island, New York, a town called Plainview. And uh, this group of nine guys, we've all been best friends since fourth or fifth grade. Uh, and every year on the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, uh, we all fly in from wherever we are now in the country. And we have dinner at Peter Luger Steakhouse in Brooklyn. And we vote on which of the friends had the best year. Uh, and that friend wins our man of the year trophy, which is this huge, like half a Stanley Cup trophy. You get your name engraved on it and you get to keep the trophy for the rest of the year. This will be our 20th annual dinner uh, this November. Um, and so not only has this um, tradition kept our friendship going strong for 35 years, that was a jumping off point 
for the podcast. I, I will give my wife a little credit. We had been batting around an idea. We were like, we don't want to be another pair of comedians doing a podcast. And my wife was like, I don't think you should do a podcast unless you figure out what you're good at. And we were like bouncing around for a year. And she's like, I thought you realized what you were good at. There's only one thing you're good at. It's this friendship thing you have. That's the one thing that you guys have that nobody else has. So you should talk about that. And we were like, oh, yeah, yeah, we have this giant trophy sitting in my house. And we would always get like people would start following along on our journey over the past couple of years, like leading up to the dinner. People would be like, who's going to win this year? Like random strangers would be invested in like who was going to win. And the other thing we kept hearing from men was like, oh, shit, I wish I did that with my friends a long time ago. Like, <laughs> I wish I had started some tradition to keep us together. And we're like, it's not too late. It's never too late. That's sort of our big theme of this pod of like get rid of the idea that hey you're 40 you're 50 you're 60 you're 70 take another friend it's too late right absolutely bullshit i i love that you have like the stanley cup trophy that one person has to schlep back to new york every year and pass off to somebody else i the obvious fear i have is is because because this is this is the guy i am is there one friend who's just never won it and you really feel bad year after year? I mean, how democratic is this process? There's got to be one guy and you all laugh. He's never won it. But deep inside, you're dying a little bit, right? No, actually, uh, early on, we were a little too kind of <laughs> gracious. We kind of made sure everybody first go around. Oh, I see. All right. But now it's getting a little bit more. Then it got a little more vicious. Kara was about to make fun of me because then I voted for myself. And then they changed the, we created a new rule, the Ritter rule. Can't vote for yourself. I was tired of losing. And uh, now we're at the point where, you know, maybe last year, last couple of years, we've given it to maybe there's a little element of like, ah, this guy hasn't won it in a really long time. Like a <laughs> little, little pat on the head. Is friendship a luxury or a necessity? Absolute necessity. That's the, I, 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 I despise the notion that I actually like randomly talking about this podcast to random men my age. I've heard guys be like, yeah, I don't need friends. I'm like, yeah, I hear that too. You're out of your mind. You're and now I love that. Like the surgeon general must be listening to our pod or something. Uh, <laughs> all of a sudden, every the world is coming to our viewpoint of like, Oh, this is super important for your health. Although obviously there's that whole health aspect to it, but I just think getting through life without a close friend is me sad. And I'm like, we have to do everything in our power to help people avoid that. I think you're doing the Lord's work. I, I really do, because it, it, does it just seem, gentlemen, that men reach a point where they, they have their friends and then they they wind up having a family and they want to be good men and they prioritize their family and they prioritize working and then they tend to just disappear from their own social worlds. I mean, is it is it that simple that for all too, and for women as well, but I think women are better at this than males, that for all too often, it's just that cliche of the demands of, of not just adulthood, but the demands of being a good man take us away. We from defined it. Yeah, I think we just defined it poorly early on. And maybe that's, you know, sort of just the gender dynamics that we've created. But I've always said this notion of success that we've been given what you're talking about is like, get a good job, work your way up the ladder, meet a partner, get a house, raise a child. If you've done that, we were quote unquote successful. It never, that definition didn't even include friendship. But I think for women, it's always included friendship, like this idea of a healthy life. And so we really want to redefine that, what success looks like and include friendship in it. And I guarantee if it was included in it, you'd see men chasing that. I agree. I agree. And I think that, um, you know, Matt always says, guys often will say they don't have friends, but they actually sometimes do. 
they just haven't really watered those friendships. It takes doesn't take a lot of effort, but it does take some effort. So guys have childhood friends. Everyone went to high school, you know, they have childhood friends, but they maybe just have not reached out in a while. And once it's been a little while, you stop reaching out. And we're, me and Matt are trying to say, send a text. Yeah. Like shoot a photo, like bring those people back into the fold. Yeah. But again, this is what is so fascinating to me because at a very young age, um, boys begin to get socialized by their peer group. And that sort of thing is, as you guys know, uh, boys have a way of driving the humanity out of other boys, of scaring them, of making them feel intimidated. And for a lot of guys, they they don't like to feel that they are vulnerable. They don't want to ask for any kind of companionship, even if it's something very simple and, and nonchalant. How do you hack that sort of fear? So we've uh, sort of coined some some methods and phrases. Like one of the things that we've coined is that thanks is a gateway emotion. It's hard to just say to a man who's struggling with friendship, like, go tell your buddies you love them, right? Yeah. But it's a lot easier to be like, hey, just express a little bit of gratitude. Say thank you when you see a friend or they've done something for you. Just start with thank you. That just does sort of the same thing, which is like it just opens up that shield just a little bit. And you just got to, you know, it's, it's, you can't, it can't happen overnight. You know, but I think it's these little things that we're talking about. Like if it feels too daunting to send a text to an old friend one-on-one, do it on a group chain. For whatever reason, that feels less vulnerable. Right. There, there, yeah. By having it be a group thing, you're not having the pressure you're putting on one person to fill your void. Go ahead, Aaron. I'm sorry. No, no, no. We were just going to say, you know, me and Matt, we're, we're just trying to normalize, just like you said, being a little bit more vulnerable. You know, Matt and I, I would say we are kind of your... You're red-blooded guys. You know, we like sports. We drink beer. We like women. But, like, that doesn't mean we can't tell each other we love each other or tell each other we need something or tell our buddies, you know, miss you, haven't seen you in a while. Like, we're just trying to normalize that a little bit. Like, there's nothing that's uh, not manly about being emotional with your friends. I think it actually is pretty manly. I agree. It's incredibly manly. It's being this this tough, emotionless douchebag that lacks the ability to communicate honestly because you have so much fear where we get to the, you know, girly man. Yeah, and I, I'm an example, too. I, Aaron knows this. We talk about it on the spot. I was not capable of saying I love you to my friends until like three years ago. What changed and, that? And I, 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 you know, I think it was partly therapy, okay, uh, yeah. getting married, you know, just sort of life events that made me vul- more vulnerable, just maturity. But I think also I always have this sort of block, like people would say, I love you to me. And I just, something in my head was like, oh, I, I can't say that. Cause it's like, oh, that I, I was putting too much weight on that too. Yeah. yeah. Of like, oh, if I say I love you, like I'm just like giving something so big to somebody, you know, and you don't have to invest so much in every sort of vulnerability, I think. Do, do a lot of men get stuck in this cycle where they, they they have pals and yes. think that's the same as friends. A couple of guys I might yes. drink with maybe. A couple of guys I engage in regular small talk with and that counts as friends. And and we don't want to discourage that because I think there's two things happening, right? I think, you, you know, you want to have a diverse group of friends. As you get older, you want to be able to say, maybe this person isn't a friend and that's okay too. Maybe it is okay to have a guy I go to concerts with or I, you know, play pickleball with. But if that is somebody that you want to get close with, you do have to try to do some things to take that next step. Right. And Aaron coined this phrase, be the friend. 
you know, and it's like, I, I, this is one hack that I've done to try to level up with some people. I'm a big sports fan. I like will buy two tickets to a game and I'll reach out to somebody that I'm kind of like at that we're cusp. Could we be friends? And I'm like, I have an extra ticket. Do you want to go to this game? Right. Nice. And I feel like that does a good job of, you know, a little level up. Right. Yeah. If it's a girl, it'd be completely creepy. But I get what you're saying, Matt. Yeah, yeah. Um, let me let me ask you this. Do you think like any friendship, you're not the same person you were when you first became friends? You know, we talk about this and it's a challenge for many marriages. You guys met what elementary school or junior high? Second grade. Second grade. Second grade. So you guys have been many different versions of yourselves over the years getting to that place. How do you overcome challenges like that? Or is that easier than, say, a romantic relationship or a marriage? So we, we say that friends are there to help you grow, not change. Right on. And there's an important distinction there. Like, growth is important. Maturity is important. We're, we're much different. Pe- well, we're much different people than we were in second grade. Some, some ways we're exactly the same. But, <laughs> but we, we try not to let each other change. In other words, uh, change that's not growth. You know, being right. someone you're not becoming a jerk. Um, you know, Matt will tell you he has taken up birding. He likes to bird watch. That's his passion. I approve. He loves it. It's fantastic. And you know what? I think it's stupid. And <laughs> yeah. But I also I, said to him, but I also said to him, you guys are too hard on me on this. This is actually, he's like, like, I was like, I actually enjoy it. Like, if you don't see it, that's okay. But like, this is who I am now. <laughs> and he was like, you know what? Yeah, he was like, you know what? You're right. I'm sorry. What the hell is wrong with yeah. you, Aaron? If the man wants to yeah. identify as a birder, you have to respect it. Okay, he didn't choose to be one. I know. Well, that's mom, the my thing. mom was a birder. It is genetic. I think. There you go. Yeah, but Matt, he just gets he gets caught up in the trends. You know, he gets caught up. <laughs> I've been a birder. Now suddenly, everybody on TikTok has all these birding. People are sending me. I'm like, you don't think I have that already like all that bird seed already come on you Matt, think I, know? I actually um can i have a little bone to pick with you mm. okay let's do it right on air great so so john so so we have a group text with the nine friends from second grade okay um, and you know the group text is the lifeblood of 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 friendship and especially this friendship sure because it's not just the man of the year dinner it's it's 365 <laughs> days a year sure. and one of the other guys in the group was trying to uh, take an interest in Matt and Matt's uh, uh, hobby nice. and send a picture of a bird in 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 his in, in their backyard. And Matt goes, are you kidding? That's just a common robin. That's not a real bird. And I was like, no, I no, no. I wasn't sure if they were messing with me because it was a common American robin. And he was like, can you tell me what this bird is? It was like just the most basic, most popular bird, backyard bird on the planet. <laughs> I don't. So think I wasn't you, sure. Oh, yeah, I mean, I wasn't sure if I was being messed with. That's one one of you's a dick. I'll say. I'll, I'll say that. But <laughs> but what's what what's interesting is uh, you know I'm curious. Has it made it weird for the other seven guys now that you guys are taking this you know bromance a little too seriously and 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 doing the <laughs> podcast? How does that feel towards the uh, other seven we, guys in the group? Do they dump on you? A, we've had a, we've had some uh, interesting uh, friendship squabbles uh, over it because Aaron actually we did an episode about best friends and Aaron revealed that one of our seven group was his number one. And I said, I think it's dumb to use the term best friend when you're grown up and you have a big circle of really close friends. And then another <laughs> friend who thought he was his best friend got on the text chain. And he was like, you're dead to me, bro. You're dead to me. How does talking about your friendship um, on air in the broadcast evolve your friendship? I mean, it's got to be kind of weird God. to have to put it on display. Is there pressure now to be better friends or do you feel pressure well, to fight I- more? 
I would say not pressured, the opposite. I would say enlightened about our own friendship and like evolved to the point like we're just overly apologizing to each other all the time. I feel like I'm calling him up all the time. Like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that about you. Uh, I feel like I'm, I'm being too sensitive. I got to go back to ribbing him more now. <laughs> no, I think we've learned a lot about each other. I think we've never been closer and it has really made us both better friends and better people. I mean, when you, let's be honest, like when we started the pod and it's only been six months and we've done all this stuff, yeah. we said we were friendship experts and we were full of shit. And yeah. now we actually are because yes. we've been studying. Yeah. And so are, now when we're at, you, you guys are quoting Aristotle in the early episodes of this, I remember. So yeah, you've done your homework on it. That was the first yeah. line of the entire podcast. Is that the first one? Yes. <laughs> yes, but but Aaron's right. I mean, I think we had that imposter syndrome, and then suddenly over the past six months, the craziest part is we've been inundated with friendship questions and dilemmas, and everywhere we go, that's what people want to know. And it's like, okay, we really need to figure this stuff out. And I also uh, feel like in our own dynamic, if you can't, if you're going to do a friendship show and you're the friendship experts, then you have to be able to figure out your own interpersonal dynamics yeah. of your friend crew. But when we started this, we didn't totally know each other in a way that we do now. Of course. You hadn't worked together, right, in this kind yeah. of capacity? So, yeah. That's right. Uh, you know, a, a lot of adults will hear this, and they'll agree. And they'll know that they would like to change their immediate life. And they'll find it very intimidating because nobody wants to just go out there and be pathetic. There's not like a Tinder for just hanging out and seeing if we hit it off. You guys do talk at one point about when's a good time of year to go out and meet people, but what are your tips for folks who just want to get out there, don't necessarily want to, you know, maybe they want to go to a bar, maybe they want to go to a church, um, but the, it's it's intimidating and you don't want to feel like a loser when you're doing it. Well, first things first, we talk about getting off zero, which means just doing anything. Right. Now, we're not saying, we don't even use the term put yourself out there. We don't like the connotation. Getting off zero means you're just doing anything but zero. So if you usually get your groceries delivered, you're going to go to grocery shopping. If you usually do all your meetings on Zoom, you're going to do it IRL or in a coffee shop. So that that's the first step. You're not you're not going to the grocery store to meet people and introduce yourself, but it, we talk we talk about increasing your surface area. The more you're out and about in the world, you bump into people, you see uh, you have a nice little chat, that just opens you up to random encounters, which is how friendship starts in the first place. And then our second big thing, one of our big tenants is finding your third place. So first place is home, second right. place is work, third place is anywhere else where people socialize. John, you mentioned a few, church, the bar, Matt goes to the dog park, I go to the gym, coffee shop. And what we say is embrace consistency, find your third place, a place you already like going or like doing, and you're going to go there the same time, the same day. Uh, once a week or depending on what it is. Nice. So you're going to take the same gym class. You're not going to go work out on your own. You're going to take go to Equinox, take the same class Thursday, 9 a.m. every week. And Equinox, whoa, big spender. Uh, you know, just... Uh, Life Fitness, to... Planet Fitness, whatever. You're going to go to the same uh, 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 church. God, as a, I'm right. a Jew. I don't know. What is it called? Service? Uh, you know, <laughs> I believe you know. it's called Temple. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, synagogue. I think you're right. Yeah. It, sports makes it easier, right? Having a passion, yeah. sports, Star Wars, yeah. dancing. It be anything. Yeah. I, you know, I want to add to this too, because, you know, if you or listeners are struggling out there, a couple things that I also think I will add to that, how to find a new friend. You think you have no friends, but you probably do. Maybe you haven't watered them, but let's just say you don't. 
easiest way, it's probably because you moved to a new city or something. That's a lot of people, friends of friends. Right. You moved to a city and you had a friend who knew somebody there, reach out, let them know, hey, I, I, I moved to the city. You know, but just put that word out there. Put right the word on. out there like I'm, I'm open to it. We are out of time. Before we go, Aaron and Matt, how can people follow you? Everyone should subscribe to the podcast. It's a riot. But what's the best way to follow you guys on your socials? Uh, Matt yes, Ritter so, one for me on all my platforms. Matt Ritter one. What a what a what a shame. I gotta uh, buy Matt Ritter from somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Aaron K. Rhodes. Double A R O N K A R O. Gentlemen, it's a real real pleasure. Thank you again. The podcast is called Man of the Year. Please come back anytime. It's great to have you here. I'd love to talk even more about it. Thank, Thank you, you so Don. much, Don. Thank you. You're doing the Lord's work. We'll be right back with your calls. This is 866-997-4748, Sirius XM Progress. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. I'm John Fugel saying this is Sirius XM Progress. Welcome to it. We're at 866-997-4748. That is 866-997-GRIT. On Sirius XM POTUS earlier today, our friend Michael Smirkanish asked our friend Robert F. Kennedy Jr. to map out a potential path to victory. What is your path to nomination victory? Well, my path is through the Democratic primary system. I have to win the primaries. And, you know, it's going to be an interesting because I think that um, President Biden is not going to even put his name in in Iowa and New Hampshire. So I think he's not even going to compete. He's going to wait for South Carolina. Yeah. Is that so he doesn't have to debate you? Well, it's not. I think he does not. But, you know, I think that he he he's never done well in New Hampshire. And. I think he came in fifth in New Hampshire the last time. That's my memory. Um, so I think that he, they, he did not want to compete in New Hampshire. And he wants to go to a state where they, I think they feel like uh, he has a, uh, that they can control the results more. Do you think Joe Biden's really scared about debating RFK Jr.? I wouldn't be. No. Lovely guy. Again. I'll I'll have him back on the show. He's done a lot of things I love. I I think if that's the guy that's going to be there, he's going to make Joe Biden sound young, if nothing else. Uh, Yeah, he's not even 70 RFK. Joe's a spry. How how old is he? He's 69. But he's he's he says he has a disorder with his throat that might be connected to vaccines. 
because everything is. Oh, right, right. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Yeah, I don't think Joe Biden's going to bend over backwards worrying about about this. But again, not a little bit left for RFK. I think more people should run for president. Cornell West, great, great, great. It's just, um, I voted for Ralph Nader twice. I supported Nader in 2000. I, I, I voted for him in the state of California. I took zero votes away from Al Gore. I knew I was in a safe blue state. I don't mind when these guys run as third party, even if it could endanger a Democrat. Um, what I mind is in swing states, because it's always guys who are saying they can't compromise their vote. They can't compromise their integrity and vote for a Democrat. It's always guys in these swing states, guys who don't have uteruses. And it was about 70,000 jerk offs in three swing states that didn't have uteruses that are the reason there's three Supreme Court justices now making life a lot more difficult for people who have uteruses. Let's go back to the phones. Y'all have been so patient. And I'm so grateful to you. We are at 866-997-4748. Dennis in Arizona. Good evening and welcome. Good evening. Hello. Uh, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm moving into it. I know you have uh, one of your regular guests who talks about uh, labor issues quite a bit, and, and he's brought up this question. I, I don't understand why health care has kind of moved to the back as a major issue. Me too. Um, I'm going through a situation where my uh, sister has uh, autoimmune problems, and she's been battling insurance companies for five years trying to get care, and uh, she's basically running out of money, uh, and I'm helping her too, and I, I may even have to post my post on my own retirement because of my sharing, uh, you know, trying to help her out. She's, we, you know, we're just doing everything we can to, to keep her from going bankrupt. But I, somewhere along the line, this country has got to get its health care it system to. in order. It has to. And I, I'll tell you, I, you know, I, I get so frustrated with Democrats. Yes, Obamacare was better than what we had before. No doubt. I spent a lot of years defending Obamacare, but it was still just putting a Band-Aid on the same shitty system. It wasn't reform. It was improvement of what we had. It still forces people to buy private insurance. And and yes, it's great that it got so many people to have insurance and it took away the pre-existing conditions and all that. But I mean, it sounds like it hasn't made life easier for your sister. And Dennis, honestly, I think any country where you can have billionaires and you've got people trying to have GoFundMes to pay for surgeries, I don't see how that kind of country can last. I know. I well, the, the, she had one issue, that, uh, a real expensive procedure that she was trying to get uh, authorized by her insurance company. She had five doctors tell the insurance company she needed it. It was it should be approved and all this. One doctor who never saw her on any examination, never even talked to her, wow. turned it down and turned it down. And so she had to pay for it on her own with the help of her friends and family. Oh, does she have it? She has insurance or no? She does have insurance. Yeah. Okay. I mean, but they just won't pay. They just didn't want to yeah, pay for it. I hear this is why we need single payer for everyone. I'm, I'm right. sorry. I think Ab- absolutely. I, I, I think if I, Joe Joe Biden should run for re-election, promising to lower single payer, lower the age to fifty. That's the only way it's going to happen. Is gradually lower it to fifty. Right, well, I totally a year later, two years later, lower it to forty. You do it like that, and you can have it happen gradually. But that's the only way we're yeah. going to survive. Right. Exactly. I know we won't get it for everybody in my lifetime, but. But I, I just, it's just, it's just totally 
taking up my mind and thinking because she's just going through so God bless your sister. And by the way, Dennis, it could happen in your lifetime. If you told me back in the 90s that we'd have marriage for our gay and lesbian brothers and sisters, that we'd not be throwing people in jail for cannabis anymore, I wouldn't have believed it. So I I have to believe that it could happen. And maybe everyone's just going to have to know someone without health insurance before they care. But it's got to happen here Mm -hmm. because we can't keep going on the way we are. Please let us know how your sister is doing, okay? Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. We're at 866-997-4748, 866-997-GRIT. Hello to Richard in Seattle. Welcome. Hey, John. Hey, what's up? Hey, well, you know, I was I was going to rag on Trump for a little bit, but okay. I got to tell you, those, that last, uh, those last two guests that you had were, were great. And what I'd like to do is sh- share with you how I have... Uh, hundreds and hundreds of friends in dozens and dozens of cities all over the U S and Canada and, uh, Europe. Mm -hmm. And it's really simple. Pick up uh, a musical instrument. It can be a guitar, a bass, drums, harmonica, which is what I play. You're right. And then go to a blues jam. It's brilliant. There's a blues jam in every city on the planet. And I've, I'm writing a book. It's called Blues Jam Safari. And I've gone to, basically up here in Washington, I hit uh, three blues jams. They're all on Wednesdays, so I've got to pick and choose. But what you'll find is when you go to a blues jam, there's just dozens of musicians and dozens of people that go there that love the blues, and they're a big family. They, they, everywhere I go, they call it the tribe. Nice. <laughs> by the way, that, that's by the way, calling it a tribe is not to say that you should bring your instrument to a drum circle. Correct? It's not the same as a blues jam. Let's get that very clear. That's true. Yes, um, but I wouldn't know about that. All okay. I know is that going to blues jams, I've been doing it for three decades, and I've got dozens and dozens of anecdotes and hundreds nice. of friends. And until your guest this evening, I, I really hadn't even contemplated. Uh, a, a blues jam is a place to make friends. But don't you I, think? I, don't you think artists have it easier? I mean, you know, sports fans, and I think creative people. If you if you are a musician, if you are an actor, if you are a comedian or an improv person, I mean, if you're a dancer, it's, it's easier to find communities when you have a creative passion. Well, you know, it's it's exactly what your two guests said, and that is the third place. Yeah. Yeah, that's the third place. And it's exactly what they were saying. Consistency. You go there, they get to know you and your music and you get to know them and their music and you cooperate and you meet and you become really good friends. Love it. Richard, I love everything you're saying. Right on. Okay. I will go and ruin a blues jam myself very, very soon. Thank you so much for calling us. 866-997-4748. Let me get one more caller in before the break. I'm going to get to everyone. We just got to have a break. That's the, 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 cause they don't want me yell at us. Let me go to uh, Rich in Indiana. Rich, you've been on hold forever. Hello. No, I didn't have to hold early at all. Thank you. <laughs> sure. Um, I, I wanted to uh, bring up a, a, a little bit that is uh, like this huge problem. Uh, the, the kids that work at our newspaper, the Indiana Star, yes. are on strike. That's right. And uh, it's a Gannett newspaper, so it's, it's Gannett. And, um, and that's Gannett across the country went on strike today, right? Yeah, and they're, they're withholding their bylines as their protest because they're not allowed to tools down quit on their last negotiation. Mm. Uh, and so the, the point of this is that people are 
being uh, weathered and run to ground uh, with without a uh, a wage, you know, a, a having to live a precarity as they are journalists. Yeah. And I wanted to uh, bring up um, a couple of stories that uh, I found here because of journalists. Real quick, do some, um, please. I'd love to hear. Okay. Um, well, the, I think the most important one is uh, the destruction of what we call uh, Indiana Avenue, which was done by this um, retired CIA guy who got into uh, City Hall here in Indianapolis back in the 70s. Bert Servass mm-hmm. is the dude's name. And the, the journalist uh, was the editor owner of the paper called The Reporter. Her name is uh, Eunice Trotter, and she's brilliant. Okay. And um, if not for people who are practicing a life of professional journalism, we don't get to hear exactly. what's going on. Exactly, because local journalism matters so much, and we have been deliberately, deliberately, systematically hoodwinked yep. into thinking local news doesn't hoodwinked. matter. It's all about Washington, yeah. D.C., and that's why we've seen so many local and state newspapers go away. It's keeping us yep. dumber, and it's allowing the people who own this country to own it even harder. That's right. And it's CIA, man. I mean, they, they, they brought it home. It's destabilization containment. And yeah. if you don't think that they're not practicing it on us, then you've got your head in the sand. No, I stand with all the hundreds of, of Gannett journalists who are on strike this week. And um, all right, brother, I'm glad they got good weather for it. And they certainly deserved a living wage. And America deserves real quality journalism. Thank you. And, and in spite of shows like this, Rich, thank you so very much. This is not journalism. This this show is like kryptonite for journalists. OK, quick break. When we come back, more of your calls and the queen is back in the castle. Rhonda Handsome joins us. We are at 866-997-4748. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. A new year is a new chance to focus on you. You're probably already picturing yourself struggling at the gym, but not all self-help has to mean suffering. Squeeze.com is making it easier than ever to elevate your wellness by delivering a juice cleanse right to your doorstep. It's the easiest juice cleanse you'll ever do that may aid in weight loss, eliminating bloating, clearing your skin, boosting your energy levels, improving sleep, and breaking bad eating habits. Meet all your health goals from the comfort of your home. Get free same-day local delivery or fast free delivery nationwide with code WONDERY today at Squeezed.com. And welcome back. 
We're at Progress at 866-997-4748, 866-997-GRIT. I'm so pleased to welcome Miss Rhonda Hanson back to our show. She is one of my favorite comedians. She is open for everybody from, my God, she's open for Diana Ross. She's open for Aretha Franklin. She's open for Anita Baker. She does great solo shows, and you can catch her on Politipod, available on SoundCloud. She's also directing in the Playwrights Showcase on the 26th for New Federal Theater at the Castillo on 42nd Street, New York City. Miss Rhonda Hanson, welcome back. I'm black, y'all. Thank God. Welcome back, Rhonda. Oh, it's great to be back. Great to be back. I know you're busy right now with your whole life packing and and and, and getting everything ready for the show and directing and getting all set. But um, I, I, I wanted to ask you, because you're the one who told me about the cover of uh, Glamour UK, the magazine's June Pride issue. Um, yes. it's probably yes. going to be the most talked about magazine cover of the summer. And there's probably a lot of guys that have never even thought about Glamour UK who will be seeing this <laughs> cover. Uh, how, how, how do you set this up, Rhonda, for folks? Uh, tell us Did about I, Logan Brown. Logan Brown posed on the cover of Glamour magazine, showcasing his large baby bump in a painted on suit. Hey, Mr. Mom, Demi Moore called. She wants her suit back. <laughs> Logan, Logan said he got pregnant on a break from testosterone. A break from testosterone sounds more like a break in the condom job. I was going to say, uh, yeah, the the headline just says trans, pregnant and loud. But Logan Brown is a pregnant man a pregnant transgender man by the way he's wearing a suit that appears to literally be spray painted on him which is fine it's facing a if huge in the 1990s <laughs> i know right but 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 i mean you, you know the magazine's already had a huge backlash the right wing in the uk and the right wing in the american press is freaking out over a a, a pregnant transgender man i guess we should say congratulations glamour uk Mission accomplished, because you don't put out a magazine cover like this unless you're trying to offend the right people. <laughs> unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. I I just uh, I, I, I just wonder uh, how, what the gender reveal party is going to be like. <laughs> Do you mean for the baby or the mother? <laughs> horrible, horrible, horrible people. We're all horrible people here. That's all. I have nothing to add. <laughs> wow um Rhonda I want to I want to ask you also on a more serious note the calls are growing for a woman's arrest in Florida yeah um after uh after after a woman was shot essentially for knocking on the door um, well, she was not only shot she was killed she was killed she was tell killed. tell us about aj owens this is a this is a very very sad story and i think aj owens name might not be famous now but it will be in a couple of weeks well she's a mother uh in florida and uh there seems to have been uh an area uh in in the uh neighborhood where children play it's like a field and the woman who uh, lives adjacent to that area, I think, is uh, annoyed with the noise that can come from children being in proximity. And something happened uh, after some children left. Uh, you know, she—I think she yelled at the kids or whatever. And no, children... she, she, her iPad was missing, and she didn't know if well, the, if the other kids had accidentally taken the iPads, or she just knocked on the door. 
of these of the white kids' parents to see if they had her kid's iPad. Well, they they didn't. The the woman threw something at the the child, and the mother went to find out what was going on because it was her child's iPad that was was uh, taken. Okay, and when AJ knocked on the door, she was shot through the door. Through John. the door. And they're saying she was not, uh, you know, charged because they're waiting uh, to uh, to prove that it wasn't self-defense. The woman was standing there unarmed with her nine year old by her side. She was she did not have a weapon and she was murdered through the door. And I, I mean, this is getting out of hand. You know, the same thing happened to uh um, Ralph Yarl in uh, Missouri, he he knocked on the well, he knocked on the wrong door. But people shooting uh, black people, white people shooting black people through the door, uh, shooting unarmed black people through the door. Mother of four, mother it, of four. It, it, it's getting ridiculous. And she was and, shot in front of her child. Her child watched her die. And the stand your ground law is. Never, John, it I have not read of an instance where it has protected a black person at no. all. No, and you're exactly right. That's the first thing I thought when you told me about this was to stand your ground law and the state of Florida. And now I guess you can stand your ground by shooting a bullet through your door because you think someone knocked too loud. I I don't see how that can possibly cover shooting someone through a door. But Rhonda, I've said this many times in the last two years. I, I can't imagine anyone supporting this woman. I bet by tomorrow her supporters will come out of the woodwork. And again, for whatever reason, the police have not revealed the shooter's name, anything about her identity. We just know it was a white woman who shot an unarmed black woman, mother of four, through a door. And well, I think the white woman will have supporters and she'll probably have a GoFundMe. She'll have a GoFundMe. Like, like this penny guy did here in 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 New York City. Oh. Guy's got like millions of dollars in a GoFundMe after he, he committed murder in front of all of those witnesses on the That's on right. the train. Well, his lawyers will have millions of dollars, but yeah, I mean, you've got it. It's on tape. It's it's a a, a, a white man who's trained Murdered an unarmed black man who was not a threat. Again, the only crime committed on that train, the only person who touched another person was Daniel Penny. And that's enough for right-wing people. They will send in millions of dollars to help support folks who killed someone they don't mind seeing killed. Unarmed people unarmed. they don't mind seeing yeah. Yeah. killed. I mean, I think they should have tried to use the stand-your-ground argument for Trayvon Martin. Because he was trying to stand his ground against the creepy guy following him. But this is Florida. We know how it's rigged. Rhonda, we have a lot. We have a lot of listeners on hold. Do you want to talk to some of our uh, talk to some of our, our riffraff? I love riffraff. Bring them on. Terrific. We are at 866-997-4748. We're going to get to everybody. So I ask you guys to please make your comments or your jokes or your threats as quick as possible. Brian in Oregon, welcome. You're on with Rhonda. How are you doing? How are you doing? Great. How are you? How are you? Um, I'm, doing well. I'm doing well this Monday. Um... My, uh, um, oh, there's too much horror with these people shooting through their doors. It mm -hmm. just is. Yeah. And it's not, to me, it's not surprising when you got all these a-holes uh, armed to the teeth and no training. Correct. And 
and paranoid. And that's how Ron DeSantis wants it. And it's not how most Americans or most Floridians want it. And that's why Ron DeSantis didn't sign that one in public. But he's going to have to answer for it a lot over the next year. Yeah, my new name for that guy is Ron the Fascist. He's Very the nice. Fascist. We'll take that. wants to live in Florida. That's, he calls it free Florida. But, any, but my thought, I, my, uh, uh, you can get on to somebody else. My main thought I was thinking about today is I think Trump at the Bedminster Club gave the Iranian uh, info to the Saudis. Um, to me, that's the only reason why the Saudi Arabians and the Iranians are coming, uh, becoming more friendly. Mm. I think he gave it to Colonel Mustard in the Mar-a-Lago Club uh, with the candlestick. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it might not have been the can. I think it was lead pipe. I mean, I don't think we're. I, I'm going to try to be really healthy and eat right, Rhonda, and break a sweat a couple times a week and and watch the partying because I want to live a long time. Because I don't think we're going to know the full story about any of this until Donald Trump is long dead. I, I really, I, I, it really seems like now they're saying that somehow the basement got flooded. And that's why we can't give you back the stuff he stole. I mean, the stories are getting really ridiculous. Even well, that's it's, bizarre. It's. I mean, this is this is like this well, is this is like he's trying crazy. to defend adultery to Marla Maples. You know what I'm saying? He's not trying that hard. Uh, Go ahead, Rhonda. No, it's almost as crazy as one of those uh, advisors in a past administration was burning papers in a closet. And the- oh yeah, Mark Meadows. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what we can ever believe anymore. I mean, the basement flooded, and the now they are. <laughs> well, Trump. I mean, I'm surprised they didn't say believed. that uh, things were redacted with ketchup uh, on those <laughs> documents. Uh, yeah, that, that's the first like ketchup-colored uh, redaction papers. Nice, nice. God. Um, but in the other, this is a footnote, and I'll, okay. I'll bid you adieu. Um, I, I, the other one I'm really curious about is what in hell did Jared give to uh, MBS uh, in his first trip over? That's when they, what everyone's curious about. What has happened? He locked up all his relatives and was torching people and killing. Can you them? imagine? Like, imagine your your Prince Mohammed bin Salman's advisors. You know when you when you hacked the journalist to death and we didn't say anything, and you know when you recorded it, we didn't say anything. Yeah, we we're really worried about you giving two billion to Jared Kushner. That we're going to advise against. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's whacked. But I'm thinking, what, what in the hell uh, from the top secret stuff did Kushner take over to MBS when he that's first it. went over there? That live for golf his, tournament? up till like four in the morning, and, and the, then all of a sudden he starts locking up his family members and the hotels. And, and the Saudi live golf tournament going to Bedminster right after all this happens? I'm sorry, this thing stinks like Chris Christie's hamper. Yeah, and, and way worse. Uh, well, I don't know about that. Let's not <laughs> let's not get too hyperbolic, but thank <laughs> yeah, you. Exactly. Thank you, Brian, for the call. Cheerio. Cheerio, 866-997-4748. A lot going on, Rhonda. It's almost too much, John. <laughs> I'm reading about some guy who, who uh, wants to to share information about you complete UFOs, not just fra- not fragments, not only fragments. Oh, no, it's UFOs. the real thing. Yes, that have been hidden from us. I mean, uh, you, you, you know, I say almost every week that AI is, is going to kill us. Uh, I, I'm, I real, you know, I really do believe that. You know, they're they're ready to 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 move us out to pasture so that they can um, identify their weak points and uh, order new parts for nice. themselves. I mean, like a couple of months ago, every article was about UFOs. Now every article is about AI. But out of 
nowhere today we get this story that, uh, I mean, this this whistleblower says that the U.S. government has a whole department devoted to retrieving non-human made crafts. They've kept it secret from Congress and that we actually have the remains uh, UFO wreckage of non-human origin, that there are alien remains as in, in government possession as well, and that Russia has this. And all I want to know is, when can I pitch this series? Because I love this series. I love the idea of every country having their own UFO hunters secretly competing. Um, <laughs> Rhonda, I, I, you know, look, I'm here for the, I'm, I'm, I'm here for the freak show. I'll take it. But the freak show, it's it's a daily freak show that changes like on the hour, every half hour. How, how are we supposed to keep up with all of this stuff? They're telling us, you think Logan Brown is interesting. They're telling us that they're just going to have babies made in pods like in a couple of years. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know about that either. I'm not I'm not bored with the conventional means of reproduction. But um, and they're not even called UFOs. They're UAPs now. They're they're unidentified yes. aerial phenomena. They've had more names than Diddy. Sean and Callie, welcome. You're on progress. Aloha, Ms. Rhonda and Brother John. Aloha. 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 <laughs> Yeah, you're Sean, hey, you Sean know, and Callie in Hawaii this week. How's it going? Oh, my goodness. I mean, I can never complain. Very fortunate. You know, like, a, a, you know, right now, I can't even tell you with the uh, happiness because my son had medical treatments. They went really well. We've had one of the best vacations we've ever had because of that situation. But that aside, you know, this is, you know, I, I myself, wherever I am, and I love this conversation, even though it is wild out there. All I know is if, if we screw ourselves up here on this planet, please, God, if there is a God, please don't have Elon Musk spreading his seed in other planets. <laughs> My God, I think sometimes we, we lose sight of the fact of who is actually having all of these bazillions of dollars, right? Yeah. And they're doing all this stuff. I mean, look. Apartheid Nepo babies. Cornell, well, Cornell West running or, or Kennedy running for office, or, or Tim Scott, or Williamson, or whomever it is, I have no problem. Run your ass off. But you have to, under, you have to think about why. Yeah. And who is funding you? Because in yeah. this system, whether I like it or not, where is that money coming from? And why are they giving you money? You know, well, and, and again, I don't know that anyone's giving Cornell West money yet, but I do know that people on the people on the right are giving Robert Kennedy money. But Rhonda, when I found out that Cornell West was running today for president, which ordinarily I should be delighted about, but he's not even running. I wish he was running as a Democrat. I, I wish he'd run for the Green Party, but instead he's running for this People's Party, which I don't really think is a real party and seems more like a scheme. Not it, not it, on Cornell West part, but go ahead. Well, I, I'm not saying it is a scheme. It just seems like it. It smells like it. It walks and talks like it. I, I mean, it's it's a it feels like uh, some kind of counter to Tim Scott's uh, uh, proposed candidacy and not really talking to me. It, yeah. You know, I don't I don't feel that that uh, West is talking to me on this. And I'm very disappointed to even be saying that uh, about him. You know, I, I do feel like he has lost, you know, some some sense uh, about you know, the running on this party is not going to help 
I don't think it's going to help anybody. Well, and, I mean, I always say like having a, a progressive third party candidate helps move the Democrat to the left, right? Like, like you got you want to have someone running against the incumbent who 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 holds their feet to the fire. I get it. Then they back out before it gets too late. But that's kind of why I wish he'd run as a Democrat and then draw. At least Robert Kennedy's running as a Democrat. Cornell West wants to hang in there all the way and take votes away from Joe Biden in swing states so Donald Trump can get reelected. I mean, it was three states that made Trump president in 2016. That's where I get nervous. It's a feeble attempt to, you know, shave off votes. I I, I don't care for it. And I, I feel like it's just something to be in contention with Tim Scott. But, you know, your, your great call, he, he mentioned uh, something about Elon Musk. You know, the um, Musk's um, technical engineer on Twitter, he a- actually quit after That's that right. this uh, c- candidacy launch. He, and he quit saying that if he wanted to be mocked, he would have married a Kardashian. I mean, it, <laughs> Hello. <laughs> it, 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 Hello. I don't I don't know how Elon is going to be able to to live on Mars when when can you imagine the the vehicles on Mars having those kind the accidents that are going to be happening they they're, they're going to be extraordinary they're going to be extraterrestrial accidents they won't be able to recognize anything on Mars <laughs> but there's even less regulation in here so i'm sure he'd like it Sean i thank you very much for the call please enjoy Callie Peter in Philadelphia thank you for your patience on hold you're on Sirius XM uh, thanks for taking my call. Hi. John. Hello, Rhonda. Uh, Hi, Peter. I tell you, the, the term that you used, John, you, you called me a jerk-off. When did I call you a jerk-off? When did I call you a jerk-off? Uh, about 20 minutes ago when you said the jerk-offs in swing states who didn't vote for Hillary. And <laughs> I, and yet, I had the same exact mindset as you. And so you, you had the luxury of being in California. Why is my voice less important than yours? It's a fair point. And, and, it's a fair and critique. Why, uh, and how big, you know, Hillary was polling, what, six points ahead of Trump in Pennsylvania at the time. How 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 much of a gap do do we in Pennsylvania and swing states need to have your permission to vote the way we want to vote? You can vote whoever you want. Listen, this is... Apparently the... not, John. You called me a jerk-off for voting the way I wanted, so apparently... Well, I, I hope you don't mind. You're allowed to call me a jerk-off right back. But my whole issue is, if you're in a swing state, and the future of abortion rights is hanging in the vote. Maybe you can hold your nose and vote for Hillary Clinton. I voted for Hillary Clinton in a very safe blue state. But it was Pennsylvania and Michigan and Wisconsin that ultimately threw the thing, the entire election, over to Trump. Hang on, hang on, hang on. With respect, you can be as mad at me as you want. And I apologize. I didn't mean you personally were a jerk off, Peter. I, I take back my words. They were hurtful and I shouldn't talk that way. But the reality is people who voted third party in those three states, it was only seven. 70,000 votes that let Donald Trump put three Supreme Court justices on the court and took away women's reproductive freedoms. I don't doubt that the three justices took away women's freedoms, but it's such a lazy uh, thought to say. Uh, I've actually put a lot of thought into it. It it, it really I'm sorry, but you're in a when you're in a swing state, go to Michigan. She did go to Michigan. She did go to Michigan. Hillary went to Michigan. Why do all the Michiganers say that she ignored them? Because all the polling, because I'll tell you why, because all the polling that her campaign, because I asked that same question for a long time, and all the polling her campaign had said that she was safe in Michigan and didn't need to go again. Of course, she should have gone again, but she didn't. She got more votes for president than any white man in history or any orange man in history at that time. But but again, I, I'm sorry. I fear that the burden of living in a swing state is that you're forced 
to vote for the Democrat. Those who are in safe blue states have the luxury of voting for a third party. I don't I'm not saying it's fair. I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying anything else gets Trump elected. And and John, again, that statement you just made living in a swing state, we're forced to vote for Democrats. That's that's who who was the uh, attorney general that said, well, where else are you going to go? The arrogance and and the condescension of that statement. Here's our response, which wasn't ever. Our voice was give us better candidates. Stop. I understand that. I voted third. I voted third party myself several times in my life. Can can I? Did you vote for Jill Stein? Can I ask who you voted for in 2016? Yeah, yeah, okay. I voted for Jill Stein. I've had I, I, Jill Stein on this show a couple of times. So, I mean, I have a fondness of Jill Stein myself. And again, it is not fair of me to say this, but it is the reality. The swing states have more pressure on them to vote for Democratic incumbents. Blue states I don't. There, and again, I, 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 you can disagree with me and call me a jerk off. I'm not going to call I you a jerk off. I love you. I'm sorry for calling you a jerk off in the abstract I, I, before. I, I, I think saying that the, 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 it's not fair and the, I, the pressure should be on the Democratic Agreed. Party and Agreed. Be Agreed. And, and, and they're in trouble again because if some of these candidates that they have now, whether Biden runs a good camp campaign or not, and winning wins or loses, I, I don't see a solid candidate out there standing way above anybody else. I don't either. And they don't have good policies. I, I think they're trying to be too nice. And and uh, be so appealing to everybody out there that they're appealing to not enough people. Well, I don't and think that about the Republican the, field. I think the Republican. I think the Republican field is doing the opposite. The Republican field is going so inside baseball, so hardcore to the right. They're alienating themselves from ever getting you know mainstream or independent voters come time for the the general election. John, the, the final point I'll make: it's not for necessarily me and you to sit here and quibble. The giant silence that you're hearing and ignoring are all those people who don't vote yes. because they can't stand. And to me, the, that's the answer. The Democratic candidate needs to be so damn good. I agree. Those people get out of their seats. I don't ever want to hear anybody complain that, oh, well, because I have a, a, a friend locally in the Democratic Party. That's his, that's his line all the time. All these people who were Bernie supporters or were purists or all the other the lame, lazy words used to. I'll, I'll talk about that all day. By the way, Bernie, Bernie did more appearances for Hillary than Hillary did for Barack Obama. Like I, I, I'm, I'm up on it all. I'm with you. Well, but still, uh, I, the fact is, if if people in those three states had held their nose and just voted for Hillary Clinton, uh, you wouldn't be having a hard time with women having bounties if they cross state lines to terminate a pregnancy. None of it would be happening. That, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not saying she would have been a great progressive leader either. Not saying she would have been a great progressive leader, but I would have rather had Hillary Clinton put three judges on the Supreme Court than Donald Trump. I think we'd all be better off. That's all I'm saying. That's not all you're saying. Well, but I, well I, I agree with it's that, not but all I'm saying. But again, I apologize for the mean part of it. I, I'm sorry. The burden is on you. I didn't put it on. I didn't put it on swing states. It's how it is. Listen, you vote however you want to vote. Go ahead. But if Donald Trump gets elected again, I'm allowed to complain, just like you're allowed to vote third party. Right. Uh, when, it, when, when, when it comes time for us to vote, I'll call and ask your permission. If I No, no, no. You vote whoever. You don't need my permission to vote third party. And I don't need your permission to complain about abortion being illegal on the federal level. Right? Right. We're good. Enjoy your third party. Enjoy it. It's all good. I've done it myself in the past. It feels really good to not compromise and vote for a shitty Democrat. It feels so good.
Peter, have a good we evening. We agree to agree, John. That's what that conversation ended. I, we agree to agree. Look, it's like he's right, but at the same time, so am I, man. So am I. Uh, but, you know, I respect his passion. I do, too. I, he's great. <laughs> he's great. Um, you know who else I respect? Kendall in South Dakota. How are you? I'm doing good. What's up? I was just curious. Uh, how how do you feel or what do you think of Eric Adams' proposal to uh, put the illegal aliens, house them in uh, private houses? I was going to bring this up to John. I'm so glad you said Talk it. Talk about it, Rhonda. Talk about it. Well, I just think it's one of the most ridiculous things I've heard today. <laughs> uh, I'm not... I'm not putting anybody in my in my uh, on my couch. I'm not. I don't care where they come from, whether they have papers or not. No, no. I don't even let my relatives stay with me. How am I going to let a complete stranger come and stay in my Honestly, house? Honestly, I thought I literally when I yeah. first heard it, I thought he was say I thought he was saying it as a fuck you. I literally didn't think he was sincere in making that offer. Go ahead, Kendall. At the rate at the rate this country's going, how long do you think it will be before this will become national law and mandatory Never. all over the country? Never. I, I really? Yeah. Because people hate undocumented immigrants, Kendall. People hate them. People hate well, the hardworking folks. The hardworking folks who cross the border to do backbreaking work for below minimum wage because they believe in the American dream. You're socialized to hate those people. People will throw out everything Christ taught about welcoming the stranger because they so want to hate the people you hate, Kendall. So, yeah, I don't think it'll ever happen. I don't hate them. Of course you, you do. You call them illegals. That's all you want. Uh, Kendall, you call them illegals. You hate them. 866 it's Kendall the racist. Of course he hates them. 866-997-4748. Oh, my God. It's crazy tonight. Bill in New Jersey, welcome. Good evening, John. Hello, sir. Hey. Uh, you, third parties are absurd at this point because of Americans United. That's the yeah, linchpin in everything that's wrong. It's a good point. And... But you're always you're always going to have liberals who believe the Democratic Party doesn't go far enough, and you're always going to have racists who believe the Republican Party doesn't go far enough. Right, right. But way way it works with most, and you can't have three parties. You have to have like five or six, like the other countries. We really we essentially have four. But go ahead. Right, but but each party is dedicated to a cause. You can't have a party that's the. the compromise party between the other two parties. No, the Right to Life Party is pretty straightforward. The Compromise Party. The Right to Life Party is pretty okay. straightforward. Yeah, right. There, there, there are those, and you know, you know, if people look hard enough, there's probably twenty parties, but or a hundred, but none of them ever, you know, get anywhere. Hmm. We have to work with what we have now, and it's the Democrats. Yeah, and I know. You know, uh, it, you know, you. you you have to do things in your life that you'd rather not, but uh, it's the only way you're going to stay alive. Rhonda doesn't have to do anything in her life she doesn't want to do. Believe me, I I have learned a long time. Bill, as someone who hangs out with liberals, I don't try to tell liberals who they should vote for at all. I will make my arguments. I will share logic. But, I, you know, look, when I was when I, I voted for Bill Clinton the first time, I was not going to vote for him again, no matter what. And no one could talk me out of it in 96. So I totally respect it. Rhonda, you want to weigh in? 
Well, when he says we got to work with what we have, well, we're, we're, we got a ball of wax and we're in a furnace with it. I mean, that's what that's all that's <laughs> well, happening. I know. But but again, so the way you say it, we have to show up to vote first. When we have like 90 percent voter turnout, then I'll say let's do third party all day. Uh-huh. But right now, so few people show up to vote and all the uh-huh. racists show up to vote, right. folks. The racists, the bigots, the billionaires, the fascists, they want us voting uh-huh. third party. So anyway. Uh, DeSantis in the elevator with a trans pregnant guy. And what happens next? I don't know what. Well, it's sort of. Are you bringing us premises for us to write punchlines to? Is that what just happened here? Yeah, The elevator goes sideways? I don't know. No, it it was like when I said RFK and uh, what's his name? Brown in the elevator uh, to Senator with a rough voice from Ohio. Shard Brown? Anyway. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Anyway. But the third party thing doesn't work. And I'm pretty upset about this thing in Oklahoma where they okayed the first taxpayer paid uh, uh, religion. Mm, we'll see. We'll see about that. And, uh, well, it's Catholic too, which is weird. We'll I mean, see about that. Marco? We'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how that. We'll, we'll, there's there's going to be lawsuits about that. We'll see. Well, actually, the AG is against it, which is good. Yeah, you're funding but, religious uh, schools with our tax dollars because you can wag your dick at the Constitution and do it. Well, let's see. Let's right. see. And last of least, try not to think of. I, someone mentioned Einstein. Try not to think of him without his tongue. I mean, God. That's all I think Bill, you've taken us into just Fellini on tainted meth surrealism, and I thank you yeah. for it. I appreciate it. He could have been in Kiss, or you know, he could have uh, been in porn or something. But <laughs> I gotta uh, go. You know, the story behind. Guy, Bill, I got, I got, I gotta go. I have callers from from uh, the planet Earth. Eight six six nine nine seven. Grit, Rhonda. How do our listeners follow you and keep up with all your many doings? I want them to follow me to Don't Tell Mama, where I'm uh, hosting Black Women in Comedy Festival on the 16th. Just go to the Don't Tell Mama website and get your tickets for the 7 o'clock show of Laughs Likely. Or you can follow me on Facebook, Rhonda Handsome Comedy, on TikTok, Lo Behold 100, or on Twitter, at Rhonda Handsome, like a handsome man without the D. You don't need the D, baby. You don't need it. Let me try to get one more call before the break. Laura in Los Angeles. Hello. Oh, wow. Thanks. Okay. Well, one, um, thank you. Thank you for tonight because you made me laugh with that caller about the third party. Oh, good. You, you hit it right on the mark. And, and then Rhonda. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, um, so thank you. And then as a 26-year-old, I think President Joe Biden is the most progressive president I've seen in my lifetime. Yeah. You know, it's not that long. But You're right. It's, uh, so he's not a piece of shit Democrat that you just have to uh, plug your nose and vote for him. So that's well, I think a lot of progressives did that. And um, and I think a lot of progressives didn't care either way. They just wanted to get rid of the guy we had. But I look, Joe Biden has consistently surprised me. I will call him out for the bullshit. Environmentally, he's he's done a lot. And environmentally, he's really let us down recently. And we can we're capable of walking and chewing gum at the same time mentally. We can praise him for the good things and we can call him out for the stuff that's not good for the earth. And he can fall down and get back up. That's what matters. I mean, like, no one remembers the guys who laugh at the person who falls down. They remember what the person who fell down did when they got back up. So there you go. Thank you. He pointed to a crack on the stage when he got up. (laughs) Right? Do we have time for one more call, Thea? Are we out of time? Where are we at? Yeah, really, really, really quick, really quick. Let me go to to, uh, uh, Mark in Maryland. I'm sorry, Mark. We've got about 30 seconds for you to make your point. Okay, I want you to know about no one's named the movie Wong Fu. 
with Wesley Snipes, yeah. Patrick Swayze, yeah. and John Leguizamo. Yeah. Or Birdcage. What about him? One movie came. One movie came out in '95. The other one came out in '96. I remember. It was all based on uh, the Queen of the Desert from an Australian film. Prince, yeah, Priscilla from 1994, Priscilla Queen of the Desert with Guy Pearce. We've had John Leguizamo and Wesley Snipes have both done this show, and that like I had no idea at the time they had been grooming children to be gay and trans by doing that movie. <laughs> had no idea. Yeah, 94, 95, 96. And, and look at us now in 2023. We're talking this nonsense. Come on. <laughs> look at Bugs Buddy wearing a dress to fool Elber Fudd. My God, they were grooming us back then and we couldn't even tell. Mark, thank you very much for the call. All right, you're welcome. Thank, thank you. you, sir. Okay. Rhonda, it's so good to see you. Thank you for being with us. We got to go. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Thea. This is Sirius XM. I'm John Fugel saying peace. Peace.